You're listening to Podhaven. I too have seen the moon. <laughs> That's going at the front of the episode. <laughs> Guys, mm-hmm. yeah, I there's something's happened. I think it's probably better happened? that I just. I think it's probably better that I just show you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, come in here. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. Okay. Hello, I am Roberto Corbadroid. Oh, my I like God. to cyberfuck. Yeah. Did so, Elodie, I want you to come clean with me here. Yeah. Did did you have the technology and make him better than he was? Yeah. Did you did you million dollar man this person? Did did, did you? Is this now the million dollar man? Yeah. Millions big dollar man. I've discovered that he's kind of all bark now bite. Oh. Yeah. Bordo Gorbane now Robordo Gorbane droid. He doesn't actually fuck. I don't think he's ever fucked. He just likes to say that he likes to fuck. Hmm. I like to fuck. I like to robo-cyber-fuck. Maybe he just has a different idea of what to fuck means. Like, what's a cyber-fuck compared to, like, what we would consider a fuck? Digital procreation for the nation. So is that just, like, copy and paste, or...? You could just I don't have any more things to say. <laughs> what you've what you've made the mistake of trying to flesh out the character, Martin. You know that that can't yeah, be done. That it, it's, it, it doesn't doesn't have a complex enough AI to handle that. It kind of doesn't input. work exactly. Yeah. yeah so, like, maybe it's, we... maybe it's just that common problem of you know this is. You know, this is what toxic masculinity does to people. He's, mm. It just feels like he's got to talk about how much he likes fucking all the time. It's so internalized, this misogyny, that, you know, like, even when he dies and is brought back as a soulless husk of a machine, he still yeah. feels this need to perform sexual aggression. The, pro- the the conditioning is still there, the programming, if you will, when in reality he just wants to get back to his woodwork. I do not value women. There you go, you see. See, yeah, it's it's just sad, really, when you think about it. It's quite tragic. Couldn't escape the scars of a misogynist society, even in death and resurrection. I like to do a big cyber nut. It's a really sobering statement when you think about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it it really is like like seeing yourself through a mirror darkly. Uh, okay, I I'm pushing I'm pushing him out now on yeah. his. Wheels. It's like one of those primary school TVs where it's like a wheeled frame with a shitty TV on the top. Oh, the, yeah, it's, yeah. It's robot. It, it's a it's right. a wheeled frame with a resurrected fuckboy on it. Is it yeah. like a whole body or just a head? Is that you just saw him, Martin? 
Yeah, but I, I can't quite make it. It just seems like a mess of organs and circuitry. I can't quite figure out if it's supposed to be a yeah, whole body. Well, that That's it. I think that's the best description one could possibly give for yeah. this horror that I've manufactured. It's sort of Lovecraftian. And I'm deeply regretful. Yeah. I've actually been in a fugue state for the last five minutes. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, no wonder you're in your underwear. I was wondering. I did think that yeah. was unusual. I normally sleep nude. Yeah. How'd you get those on? Amazed you managed it in the condition you were in. Do you lo- normally record nude as well? I mean, usually. You don't. But obviously I felt it was a little chilly today. It is snowing outside. For some reason my brain was like, why is it snowing in Australia? And then I was like, no, you're not the Australian one, that's Thomas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's Tom. The accent is usually a giveaway. Yeah, you don't even sound slightly like Tom. In fairness, I don't sound American either, but I am in America, so there is that. We don't know where anyone is anymore, because their voice is different. What? (laughs) So, right. welcome to the Indie Haven Podcast with Hello. me, your host, Elegy Cunningham, joined, as always, by... Josh Rivers. And Martin Bryson. We're doing a, doing a I'm podcast. Getting, I'm getting good at this now, and getting my name in the right place, and I'm yeah. sort of remembering the right number of claps to clap on. So, this is this is good. I'm proud of me, myself. It's excellent progress that you're making with friends as well. Yay. You're proud. You just said I'm proud of Misa myself, so I'm just gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud of Misa myself. <laughs> right. What What are we doing? Someone, please give me purpose. Ah, uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Shall we? Uh, shall we talk about the womb wheel? Mm-hmm. Let's. Yes. Let's. We've, we've all played it now, right? We've all played the good wheel that we like. I have completed it and the expansions and i, I have, have also done this i haven't completed it yet but i'm a good way uh good way into it making good progress Fair whack into the roly game uh what what do you guys think i like the game uh it's kind of, i kind of fell into a sort of it's it's kind of a problem that i have with a lot of sort of run based games where like i kind of can't Legitimate. I legitimately struggle to stop at some points, and I'm just sort of like possessed of this faint worry that like maybe I don't actually want to be doing this right now, but I still am anyway. And what does that say about me? But like, (laughs) yeah, you know, I find find the game quite meditative. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, when I've like fully completed a game, I will just delete it. But I just kept it on for an occasional, just scoot along on it. Yeah, like for me, uh, it kind of hit that point when I'd finally done everything in the game. Like it felt like a re- kind of a relief, and that's uh, not to say the game is bad. The game is very good. Yeah, it's one of. I was going to say one of the best, better, uh, endless runners I've played, but I've only played two. So that that really <laughs> wouldn't be saying one? a lot at all. But it, it's you know it's good. It's well made. It well apart from one thing that I might get into later. But um, okay, mm, I th- I've got a feeling we might have the same issue with this. Yeah, but like, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. get to it. Like after a while, I was just sort of grateful to be free of it, and that I feel like is an inherent problem with these games that are designed to be played over and over and over again. Is that like they kind of rely in part on the psychology of addiction. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the problem yeah. with addiction is that it works by leaving it works by leaving the player in this case deliberately unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can only keep doing that for so long until you cotton on to that fact. If even if it didn't do that, if it's designed to just be played over and over and over again, the game doesn't have a definitive end point. End point. It just stops when you are bored of it. So yeah. inevitably, the final memory you will always have of a game like that is of it outstaying its welcome. I and I think like... that's kind of sad. Yeah, that is kind of sad. I feel like they kind of mitigated it a bit by mm. just having an end point to the story, per se, in this. I mean, it's not perfect, and I have some thoughts about how it ends. Yeah. <sighs> Shall I get into them now? Do you think yeah, that's the next thing? You may as well, yeah. It's a good time for you. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed by how it ended. Because, like... Yeah. As I said, there's not much to the story stuff. But you kind of get invested in... Yeah, it's, it's quite a adventures. little... Yeah. Yeah, so I was, like... I paused my podcast I was listening to. I was all ready for, like, the culmination of all the p- the plot threads at the end. Uh, when I'd beaten everything, and then then he, biscuit just goes, "Yeah, I've done it." Yeah, it's mm. like one line, and then it's, I it's have done. won the game. Yeah, I have done it. I've won the game, and now I have won. Purpose of life complete. Now yeah. I can die in peace. I just, I really would have liked it if there was a combination to the Ichik Claw and Thankwall storyline that they yeah, were building. If, if they were seen to have. Like, if if that whole thing was seen to have concluded in any way, as opposed to just sort of going, I've won now, just take it from me. Yeah. That would have... I would have just liked it, because towards the end, there's that growing paranoia that Thankwall and Eckert are going to be working together, and that you've just got to keep getting stronger and stronger and building your territory and forces to avoid getting killed by them and then in the end it's just like yeah we did it I'll tell you what I'll tell you what where I thought it was going Hmm? I was nursing a suspicion for a while that it was going to be this thing because Biscuit or in my case the 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 great warlord Thrun Huffsnoot (laughs) mine was just called the great warlord Squelch (laughs) well there you go that's the difference between you and me I go too far (laughs) <laughs> right, so like he's got to keep getting victories because his belief is that Thankful is that isn't Thankful? Yeah, Am I saying Thankful. that right? Yeah, and Ikit Claw are basically conspiring to get rid of him, and Thankful has the ear of the Council, like the big old rat friends who are good, mm. and could apparently just get rid of him like that. Apparently, so. His objective at that point is to demonstrate that he is more useful to them than Thankwall, and sort of turn the tables in that regard. I thought it was going to end with Thankwall putting it to the council that, well, this guy's clearly on a like complete mindless rampage and needs to be stopped. And so it, like, it's this whole... Because there's been a lot of pathos in the narrative thus far, and so it made sense to me for it to have ultimately been entirely self-defeating. Yeah, I I think that 
should have been the case. But that, they... I, yeah, I do feel like that would have been a, an appropriate end for the narrative and the tone that they'd struck. But the problem with that is the same problem that you were talking about with the final memory of a endless runner being getting bored with it. Yeah. Because they can't end the plot per se, because you're supposed to just be able to hop in and Continue go. in perpetuity, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it is, seems like as a genre it rates itself into a corner. Like, you mm. you can't end the plot in any... It, because if you do you're forced to come up with some kind of loose justification for the gameplay to continue which is uh, which is almost as unsatisfying if not more so in some cases than just yeah. leaving it open-ended. Because then you, they, not only do you have a lack of satisfactory, definite conclusion, you also don't even have the motivation anymore. So I feel like just having an open-ended plot that could go on perpetually might be the lesser of the two evils there, and it still leaves you unsatisfied at the end. Yeah, it's like you say, uh, yeah. it, 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 your last emotional connection with it is of boredom, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I... Like that feeling did cause me to drop it as soon as like the narrative ended anyway. Yeah. The way you're saying it, I can envision someone who like would not have done that. Whereas if there had been a definitive end, then maybe like I don't I don't know is the thing. Like Yeah, I'm kind of in the same possession. Yeah. It pro it it makes absolute sense and I'm sure it's true, but I just kind of have difficulty picturing it because it's just so not how my brain works i guess mm-hmm. uh, for, for yeah. me the actual gameplay experience is interesting for me because it has a kind of a meditative effect um if i play it for long enough i just get into this sort of space where uh, i'm not really thinking about what i'm doing i'm just doing it over and over again for a long time and that's a good way for me to sort of uh mm. de-stress i guess um because a lot yeah. of the stress that i have comes from like because my work is uh like uh, knowledge labor um a mm. good way for me to de-stress is just not think about things for a while and i have to force that to happen because my brain doesn't Oof. naturally let me do that so if i have something that's a that's, mood <laughs> yeah if i have something that i can kind of get into a space where it forces me yeah. it keeps my brain busy enough <laughs> that it's that the dog people. shouts exactly he, he's always stressed too if, it, if i get something <laughs> that keeps my brain busy enough that it doesn't get distracted by other things but it also isn't doesn't require any thought then that's perfect for me to relax um it's yeah. also why i play skyrim for so long because uh, <laughs> it's that was me with a game called gauntlet dark legacy for the longest time i played that game i remember that game really well i used to play that it's a lot. such a good time sink you oh, barely really need is. to think about it Oh, it's uh, incredible. It's good multiplayer. Finding too. of Isaac. Finding of Isaac is kind of that for me in mm. the past. And I've I literally today, because I recently got a Switch, like in the last week. Yes. I picked up a physical copy of the Binding of Isaac on there. So I'm kind of rediscovering that old friend of mine. Mm-hmm. It's a it, I, I I find the binding of Isaac takes too much thought for me. I don't know, something about it just requires too much concentration, so I get tired of it really fast. Um, but something like, uh, I play, I use Civilization Five a lot for this too, um, and Skyrim, they're both kind of my go-tos, where what it asks of me is simple enough that I can do it easily without thinking, but also it asks it persistently enough that it keeps my brain busy, so that's, that's that perfect balance. That's kind of mm. why I will, like, stand by Skyrim, even though I recognize that Bethesda are terrible. 
Um, Bethesda are a problem. Yeah, they are. I just, I never got on with the Bethesda model of open world game. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't find much value in big, sparse open worlds. It's kind of why yeah. I'm not a massive Breath of the Wild fan as well, which mm-hmm. we talked about in the podcast. Yeah, before. I mean, on an intellectual level, I understand that. I get it. And I, 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 a lot of the time, I do wish open worlds could be more varied and more interesting when so often they're not. But I don't know, something about it appeals to me, and it's a very personal, mm-hmm. specific thing, so I, I kind of get that it's more just a personal issue than anything else. Yeah, I'm not, like, trying to yeah. take it away from anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, back to Doomwheel. Yes, sorry. Doomwheel, yes. Uh, did I know, Josh, you've played the expansions. Yes. Did you play any of the expansions, Martin? I haven't. I wanted to finish the, uh, the kind of base game before I did those. I've not got there yet, so uh, I'll get to that. <laughs> okay. I, um, I basically just defeated the areas where I knew the the expansion stuff would happen and then bought them. Hmm. Um, I liked one of them significantly more than the other one. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Can you guess which one, Josh? Uh, well, this might just be bias on my part, but would it perhaps be those fun skeletons? Yes, it's the fun skeletons. Yeah. A bit more going on there. I found the Tomb Kings were just... They just had way more to them, and they introduced a load more variety in gameplay stuff. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the Ogre Kingdom stuff is just feels like some of the more bland aspects of all of the rest of the places on a fairly yeah. uninspired backdrop. Just a bit of snow. Yeah, it's. I I didn't really like that expansion, and I I did. I completed the two areas it gave me and never went back to it, whereas with Tomb Kings, every time I needed to grind out warp shards or anything, yeah, I'd just head over to the Tomb Kings because I just found it the most fun. It is really good. Yeah, I, I really like that there is a completely different obstacle in it than there is anywhere else, which is the... Yeah. Uh, the box of ghosts, <laughs> the sarcophagus. Yeah, which just uh, shoots up a bunch of ghosts. So if you jump over it, like you usually do with things with an exclamation mark above them, yeah, that hurts you. So you have to detrain yourself from doing what every other map in the game has been. Oh, that's clever! I like that. It kind of uh, tricks you a little bit. Yeah. It's quite good. Although I don't like I have jumped over it a couple of times and I never recall it actually damaging me. So oh, maybe I maybe I just jumped too far. It. Yeah, if you jump high enough you can get over it, but Yeah. Not reliably, I guess. <laughs> you can't yeah. reliably jump over a box of ghosts is what will but I just got lucky. <laughs> my my other favourite thing about the Tomb Kings expansion is watching a horse. Uh, go into the back of some stationary skeletons and just fucking blow up. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the interactions between moving enemies and stationary enemies in this game are very funny. (laughs) Uh, And that one I found particularly humorous because it's just a horse barreling towards some skeletons, hitting them and instantly blowing up into (laughs) skeleton shards. Oh, yeah. it's, it's fun it, because the, the pace of the game as well it makes that so surprising. It's actually like, oh, that was fun. I think it's a fun little surprise you get out of nowhere. 
It's the futility yeah. of a horse trying to take skeletons by surprise. <laughs> it's just the game letting you know it won't work. If you're a horse, don't do it. Just don't even try it. The skeletons don't. will know you're coming. Don't bother. I also like how often the dwarfs in the dwarf zones hit each other with things. Yeah. There's real so many times where you, you'll just see a bunch of points appear in the distance and then you'll arrive to see a ravaged group of dwarfs and flying things and stuff where they've all just banged into each other in the distance while you aren't <laughs> even there. I, I, green arrows yeah. hovering above vacant spaces. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just, I just I find the game incredibly charming overall, and I was really happy with the Tomb Kings expansion. Yeah, I just I just feel like the back end of it, it was front loaded with enjoyment. I feel. Yeah, they kind of, you know, like we keep saying, it's designed to be sort of played ad infinitum. They don't really sort of think about there being any kind of ending, because it's... Yeah. I, I guess it's kind of not supposed to have one. Yeah, and it's because they front-load it with so much of the really interesting stuff, they kind of rely on that being enough to hook you perpetually, yeah, I really, guess. it really does set your expectation. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point actually. Maybe it's like they're sort of relying on people getting hooked on it after a while and they think, right, we don't need... I mean, that's a very cynical way of me looking at it, but like... I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean... That's I probably I not even what you were saying. I'm, You know, I'm just coming in making everything cynical again. But well, it like, does connect it's... with what you were saying before, and I don't necessarily think it's intentional on their part. It's just a factor of the genre. I mean, that kind of yeah. gameplay is compulsive. You know, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's it's actually for a lot of people is part of the fun, and it, it's that compulsivity just comes with the territory. And you can, if you're an unscrupulous person, use that to your own benefit as a developer, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case here. They haven't loaded it with lots of absurd tiny microtransactions all sorts of little things like that which makes me think that they just wanted yeah. to have some fun with the genre and weren't really thinking too much about how they could utilize it for their own ends so i yeah, i don't know if like yeah. a... it's not necessarily cynical just to highlight a kind of a psychological reality of the way the game works yeah that's yeah. that's probably it yeah it seems like a lot of love went into this game mm-hmm. a lot more love than you would have expected but yeah yeah. The um, only thing I would really say uh like quality wise with the game. And like this is this is cut apart from the sort of lackluster end game. This is kind of the only real complaint that I have with it. If you are going to ask me to destroy five dwarf gyro bombers in one run. Oof. I feel as though the onus is then on you to provide five yeah. dwarf gyro bombers. Yeah, like no, the, I get that. Yeah, the yeah. procedural generation is a bit wonky, and it's not just in terms of like what enemies appear. Even it's like just the generation of the track and the positioning of stuff. Like it's very much like these aren't preset bits. I don't feel like you. I think there is uh, there is a procedural. I feel like there's a random element to it. Uh, obviously, I don't know for sure. I can't see behind the scenes here, but I feel like there is some balancing going on behind the scenes. Like there's certain tracks that are more likely to produce certain kinds of things, but because it's not preset, there's no guarantee of anything. So to you can be do honest, I feel like it's nothing. Yeah. The, the problem I wound up happen, having is feeling like there was sort of less balancing going on. Like it didn't feel like a sort of like a. 
Bloodborne chalice dungeon situation where it's also or like better example would probably be something like Binding of Isaac or uh, yeah. Enter the Gungeon where it's like randomly stitching modules together but the modules are pre-made and sort of like have yeah. fixed parameters it really did feel like it was just sort of chucking shit anywhere in this I, I can see what you mean at the same time I felt that it kind of added to the chaotic charm that you could never really protect that's tr- that's true. The the only problem I had with it was with the speed that you're moving, jumping to avoid one thing or like hit an enemy or get some warp stone can wind up instantly killing you and because yeah. you're moving at that speed you won't necessarily even be in a position to see that until it's already too late and you can't do anything about it. Uh, that was the one, only problem that I wound up one... having with that. Yeah, one issue that I did have that it was very rare was a weird glitch where I would jump and it would kind of register part of the floor as being an obstacle. Mm. And huh. then I'd just instantly get stopped in my tracks and die. Like the uh, the collision detection for a ledge was slightly yeah. off or something? I had that happen uh, on a bridge once. Mm. Yeah, it just, it's mostly it bridges. Will... They will think that part of the ground is a surface that you're hitting that would stop you, like yeah. one of the ledges. Hmm. I, uh, I kind of going back a little bit to what Josh was saying before. One thing I had, like the, the very last time I played it, actually earlier today, uh, one of the tracks required me to hit fifty squigs, and squigs, squigs don't show up that often. Like I went through the track once and I counted maybe three. Squig. Yeah, and I, I realized I'm going to be on this this track now for God ages. And it's going to be a while before I can complete that the first of three tasks that needs me to complete. Yeah, and it, 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 it's not uh, it's not common. I would say it doesn't come up a lot, but it comes up enough that it's happened more than once. And I think yeah, that no, that I, is something that I do take a little bit of issue with. I, I kind of brought this up in the first yeah, I remember time it. I talked about this. Mm-hmm. I talked about how it kind of feels like those challenges are kind of chucking shit at a wall as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in very late game ones, I would get something like play one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other times I would have something like destroy three uh, warp stone grinder things. Yeah. And those and are those things impossible, that, yeah. Yeah, they're really difficult. I managed to do it in the end. It was three in one run. So it's not mm. like I could even just accrue them by destroying one and dying each time. I had to be very... You had to actually survive. Yeah, I had to survive, hard. which often meant that I'd have to time my getting my warp lightning generator up to full. And yeah. It took me that... forever to figure out what that actually did. Uh, it makes you invulnerable. Is yeah. the... Invincible wheel lightning... Uh, yeah, and it also does a fun thing where anything you hit will just be like in the air, continually bounced up by the warp lightning. Yeah, that's fun. So you I just like that. you just get a pile of bouncing dwarfs in the sky, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah, as, as, <laughs> as it, was foretold. It's it's what we all dream of. Yeah, it's a really weird dream that we all have every night. <laughs> this this collective nightmare will it yeah. ever end. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it overall. I it's my yeah. favorite endless runner that I've played, and I've played a couple. I do like it, and like as much as I sort of have problems with the way the sort of procedural generation works, 
I do like the fact that it's not one of those games that's designed for you to be able to like get everything. Like there's a there's a optimal path to take because that just it stresses me out when a game works like that, and it's just so much like it's so much less to have to think about not having to constantly know that uh, I should have I should have jumped five centimeters earlier than I in fact did. It has this kind of really compelling visual design and the gameplay is kind of simple but also complex enough to be engaging and it's got a lot of definitely got a lot of good things going for it and i absolutely agree i think it's probably the best example of the genre i've played and like like elodie said i've played a few um yeah so like i i make those criticisms i think with with in the knowledge that i would still recommend it yeah. You know, I still think it's fundamentally a good game. It's a good version of what it wants to do, and it does it really well. It's got a real good, really, really uh, one of the things I really like about it, uh, as maybe as more like a piece of software rather than a game per se, is that it's got a really good focus on what it wants to do. Like everything in it mm. serves this same end. The design is clean, but also sort of chaotic enough to be interesting. The controls yeah. are, are, are responsive enough within the, the environment itself requires enough randomness enough skill that as you said before josh um the idea that you know that there's like a a, a fixed optimal path that stresses me out yeah. too because i always get the sense that i can never do it <laughs> and that i'm somehow also, doing like, it wrong sometimes yeah. to me it just kind of feels like well why did you bother putting the rest of the stage there then yeah the, the rest of it is pointless i feel that a lot of the same it way it makes it feel like such a, a game yeah, I feel the same way about stealth games a lot. Uh, where with stealth games, uh, I love stealth games. I play them a lot, but I always, I'm always frustrated by them because they always design with an optimal path in mind, which makes most of the experience kind of redundant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry to bring it back round to Breath of the Wild again. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Uh, we may end up talking about Warframe in a minute. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in no position to talk. Uh, yeah. Um something i found with that game is that something that people really gave praise about it was the amount of different ways you could go around engagements with enemies mm -hmm. yeah but i found where there's only like three different types of enemies there's very much a optimal simple uh path to just defeating them mm-hmm and like yeah. doing all of the fancy extra bits and pieces that you can do by magnetizing a cube and sending it at them and things like that. It's all fiddly and That's how I defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> it just it feels like there's a lot of fiddliness that doesn't doesn't mm. justify itself and so you end up just doing the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. and there's not really yeah. any reason to experiment. Yeah. I actually had a similar problem with Bulletstorm, funnily enough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like because I was really late to the party on that game. It's like actually fairly recently that I played it, and maybe it's just aged poorly, but like I didn't finish it. You just... Mm. I can only kick so many men, guys. <laughs> I can only kick so many men, guys. Men, guys. Yeah. It's important yeah. not to kick too many men, guys. There's a, there's a hard like limit. the Magi's, but like slightly more specific and in the future. <laughs> so, I don't know where we got to this bit from the initial <laughs> Oh yeah, we've kind talk. of wandered off, off the topic yeah. a little bit. We've wandered yeah. away from it, but... It's like, so unlike yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I just... 
I just I th- I'd recommend people give it a go because yeah. yeah yeah I agree. Although we should also point out because I I found this out when I uh, acquired it initially and it's just occurred to me we've not brought it up. Uh, was not free on iOS. Yeah, oh, that yeah, is, that is was free little... on Android. It is, yeah. Like it's free on Google Store. Curiously enough, there's a discrepancy, and I can't help but wonder why. Yeah, I feel like there's a story behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like it would have to have been Apple's interference in some way, and I can't really base that on anything other than the fact that if they were going to charge for it on iOS from the beginning. Why would they then not charge for it on the Google Store? Yeah, it's and like it's strange. not. I I hardly think that Google would have been like, no, make it free. Yeah, we don't want people giving us money. What how, do we look much, like? How much was it again? <laughs> on... I it was like a little under three quid. So you know, it's, it's not worth like starting a war over or anything. Mm. I just thought it was odd. It seems like also kind of a significant amount compared to what you'd expect for a game that's free elsewhere. Yeah. Usually, yeah. if those were going to cost something, I'd expect ninety nine p or thereabouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems weird, but like again, I I think it's worth it. Um, I yeah, think absolutely. I, I, I don't regret spending that, the money. Yeah, I'd pay that amount of money to play this game. I think it's yeah. worth yeah. it. I would do it. It just seems really odd. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I just—I'd be fascinated to hear where that discrepancy came from. It's—I feel like there's a story there, and we may never know it. <laughs> no, and I don't like not knowing stories. Do we have anything else to say about Doom Wheel, or have we? One have thing, we... actually. Okay. Oh, okay. One... And this is this is more kind of a philosophical problem than it is with a problem with the game itself. All right. Like. Because I, I don't know how deep this goes, not being a, a Warhammer person. Boy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a war boy, <laughs> or a hammer boy, and thus I cannot be the culmination of both. The natural conclusion. Squigs, right? Squigs. Yeah. Right. Squigs. You know. You know the huge. Squ- the huge squigs. Right. Yeah. The colossal squigs. I think they're called. Yeah. Why aren't they called big squigs? Oh, yeah. Actually, now you mention it. <laughs> why does... can't I? Why can't I have a big squeak? That doesn't. You know? That didn't bother me until you no pointed it out. Oh, <laughs> Just no, plods I... around going squeak, 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 squeak. You know the thing is, I am fairly like connected to this law. Yeah, and especially in the old Warhammer world that this is set in, there mm. is a dynamic between Skaven dwarfs and goblins that is very heavy. Yeah, and squigs are very involved with goblins. Uh, the main leader of the goblins in Karak Eight Peaks, which is where the the largest amount of conflict between those three factions happens, hmm. has his pet squig chained to his leg, <laughs> and it's his big his big pet squig gobbler, who's old and stinky and fat and burps a lot. <laughs> And do you know what I'll add to this? Yeah. Recently read the End Times book about that conflict. Because mm-hmm. the uh, the End Times, you know, like Vermintide, yeah. that was the ending of the original Warhammer world leading into Age of Sigma, which is currently what the state of things are. Gobbler the Squig had the saddest death. Oh no. Aww. 
one of the saddest deaths I've ever read, and it was Forrest Gwig. <laughs> no! I'm heartbroken. I don't even know anything about yeah, this character. Uh, yeah, Gobbler. Gobbler is Skarsnick the Goblin's best friend, and to protect Skarsnick, he eats a uh, Master Molder from Clan Molder of the Skaven. And mm. then everything seems to be fine. The Skaven are routed, they're running away, and then suddenly a knife bursts up out of Gobbler and no. pops him. Because oh, they're no. all they're balloony mushroom boys. So he gets popped like a balloon and deflates. No. And then the the Molder guy is already dissolving enough that he just dies anyway. Even though he crawls out. Didn't even benefit. It's just spiteful. Yeah. Uh, and spiteful then just, squig piercing. Just to drive in the the pain, Skarsnick is uh, uh, just overwhelmed with grief and doesn't understand it because it's completely not a part of goblin culture to acknowledge that sort of thing and he doesn't know what he's feeling or why water's coming out of his eyes or why he feels more hollow than he's ever felt. God, this and, is heartbreaking. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, and he just he just gives up. That's the point where that breaks him and he gives up and leaves the Eight Peaks for good after he's spent most of his life trying to win them. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. You're making me want to pet my dog now. I'm holding him close. <laughs> Sad times in the squig knowledge. Yeah. Fuck. Is that why they're not called big squigs? <laughs> yes, Because that would be yeah. too jovial. It's no squigs are no laughing matter. It's to respect the memory incident. of loyal squig, of loyal gobbler. 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 Gobbler's no joke. Gobbler, because they're all cockneys. Oh, the orcs yes. and yeah. goblins are all the big right. cockney geezers. <laughs> there's some, there's something like I. There was a period where I was considering maybe getting into Warhammer, and it just sort of never happened. And like, I probably would still go Tomb Kings if I tried it today because I, I just you, I like a good old Skellyman. Unfortunately, Josh. Oh no. Tomb Kings are gone for now, oh, at least. They've they've just not got skeletons now. They've got skeletons. I think but they're, they're just not. They've got now, right? And no, there's there's the um. There's the Flesh Eater Courts, which are the Vampire Counts, and there's the Legions of Nagash, which are the oh, uh, yeah. the various Skellymans, but they're not Egyptian Skellymans. All the Egyptian-y Skellymans have gone ah, at the moment. They're not fuck. currently in the law. Ah, way we are. Uh, as long as there uh, are some... As long as skeletons are represented, because I yes. like bones, and I will fight people who don't with those bones, bones in an army. Good. More bones, yeah, more bones. Let's have more bones. Yeah. The, the Skelly Bones, the Skaven, and the Goblins... Because the fact that orcs and goblins and squigs are all just variants of mushroom, I love that. that have yeah. Grown into guys, <laughs> and they're all. There's also trogoths, which are big mushroomy fellas, and they've got mushrooms growing all over them. As you do. Space. Uh, hi everyone, you won't have heard what just happened, but we went down <laughs> a hellhole and we've died. It's, we fell into the abyss. Yeah, I, you'll get to hear it in a few days and you will understand then. So you'll be know looking my forward pain. to that. Look out for it, it's yeah. going to be amazing and you're going to love it, it. And I'm honestly still a little giddy from it. <laughs> 
I'm a little <sighs> alarmed, you know. Uh so let's talk about the next thing on the docket, shall we? Yep, yep. That, next let's thing do that. Let's on the docket. Thing. Uh, yep. Me and Josh played Deltarune. Uh-huh. Deltarune came out play. on the PS4. Martin, Martin has had, not played Deltarune. Yeah, Martin has had Deltarune sitting on his desktop for quite a while and has Martin yet to actually has use not that. Actually played it. Yeah, no. I, I've had it sat on my desktop for ages, and then it took me getting a Switch. And not having any games on it for me to finally download it and play it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've really liked it. I really like the game. It is very good. And holy crap, Lancer's my son now. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset by the face he pulled that one time. Yeah. When he joined the party. It was an experience. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I okay. Look, I get it. I've got to be honest. I get why he did it. I'm not angry, but he he stopped doing a blap is my problem. Like he's just he. Any time he stops doing a blap, I spent like ten minutes of that game just hugging Ralse over and over during the tutorial. <laughs> Because you get a lot of dialogue where Ralsei's just saying, "Okay, that's that's great. I'm loving these hugs, but we we should probably do the tutorial." And, <laughs> and then to end the tutorial, I just hugged the training dummy, and he was like, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> wow. I just I just went through it the one time. There's probably a bunch of stuff that I've missed, and you know, I'm I'm kind yeah. of content to miss it because I just sort of play. Like, I had the same attitude towards Undertale. It's like, I'm just going to play it how I would play it and yeah. then not do anything that like I wouldn't actually want to do because it's one of those games that kind of sort of turns your choices back on you in a way and kind of makes you answer for them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like a game that... the entire yeah. point of the genocide run, basically, and it's like, okay. I would feel weird being made to answer for actions that I don't actually in any way stand by and just did the sea stuff. Don't well, in a lot of ways, the game makes you account for that as well. Like, it, it, yeah. it, the genocide run specifically actually calls you out for only doing this just so you can see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Deltarune, however, it kind of plays on that formula. I don't mm. know if you know this, but when it says the choices don't matter, it means it. You get pretty much yeah. the same ending whatever you do, no matter how you do it. Well, I mean, it's an episodic structure. Yeah. So, like, you, it would kind of have to... Because I was thinking about just the the logistics of doing the same thing in an episodic manner, and I just came to the conclusion that you couldn't. However, there is one interesting thing. And that's yeah. that. The Deltarune file checks your computer, if you're playing it on PC at least. I don't... Nobody's data-mined enough to know if it does this on other systems. It checks your computer to see specifically if there is an Undertale file with a genocide run on it. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. It's well, not done anything go. in this episode, but that's, that's suggesting. Intriguing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's forward-looking, prying. Because I, when I played Undertale, I played it through uh, three times. Well, I didn't actually play it all the way through three times. I played it all the way through once, but I 
played old saves so I could get the uh, the good ending, uh, which you have to do a couple. You have to play it through a couple times to get that. And then I never touched it again. Yeah, <laughs> because I got, I, yeah. I got the true pacifist ending and just mm-hmm. stopped there because like it, it would yeah, have felt me. kind of disingenuous to do that, and yeah. I felt like the game kind of doesn't really want you to in a lot of ways. And well, I thought, it, okay, I'll, I can respect yeah. that. So I decided I didn't want to play it again. Oh, and... Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, yeah. Heard, I've heard this whole... Um, uh, there was, I think there was some sort of video essay about how like Sans is actually the easiest fight in the game because you are supposed to just give up. Mm-hmm. Like that That's how you're actually supposed to be. Like The idea is you don't really get to the ending of that one. Yeah, like it's it's kind of a very interesting concept, and it's one of the few cases where I can think of something that's like deliberately supposed to be like semi unbeatable. Mm. It's kind one of, of the, being, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know, I I don't know. I'm still kind of frazzled from the whole hell debacle. Like I'm having difficulty getting coherent <laughs> thoughts out, but well, you get what I mean. Like yeah, I get what you mean. The thing about Undertale that does it, I think it does really well, is it, it studies the relationship between the player and their interaction with the game. So you got this yeah. situation where, uh, and I think, I get the feeling Deltarune's going to lean into this as well, probably in a different direction, which would be, which I'm quite excited about. But um, yeah, what Undertale does is it kind of plays with your relationship with the game itself, and it, it kind of taunts you and kind of calls you out a little bit for treating the game like a, a font of content. Like, it's a thing where you have to see all the things, and you see them just for the sake of seeing them. And that in itself is not the best relationship you can have with a game, uh, where it's supposed to be something more specific or individual, but at the same time it also develops it also develops mechanics specifically around assuming you would do that. So it turns that relationship itself into something which prevents you from really pulling yourself away from the game and treating it like a, a toy rather than an art piece. And I find that really interesting. That's one of the things that really fascinated me about Undertale. So I made the conscious choice not to play it again after that point. But it's something that's which the game... I felt like, uh, based on my emotional interactions with it, the game allowed me to do... And actually, like, well, yeah, if, if this is the way you want it to be, this is the ending of your game now. And uh, I felt like that was I, that was good, you know? I do wonder how I would have done things if I'd played Undertale in a vacuum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's a game where I knew enough about it already that I knew I wanted to play it pacifist, and yeah. I understood that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Do we want to say anything about Delta and otherwise? Because I, I don't want to talk about spoilers properly in the actual thing itself. Oh, there was there was something actually. Oh, okay. Uh, now I I've not actually I didn't have the foresight to actually look this up myself. I found out that Delta Rune was coming to consoles because me my little my little brother was was apparently uh, on top of that particular bit of news. And he he mentioned that he he'd pre-ordered this free demo, huh? Which um, which is that's a concept, yeah. But yeah. like I like, and I I've got to stress, I did not look this up for myself because I forgot. But he said that the store was very clear that you know this is free, but you you will have to pay for the future ones. Yeah. They 
they don't exist. Yeah, well, oh, hmm. They yeah. don't fucking exist. It wasn't all that long ago that Toby Fox wasn't even sure they would ever be made. The developer went on record saying that he didn't know he could make them. We'll have to pay for the next... I mean, kudos to Toby Fox for becoming such a big deal that platform holders are now scrambling to sell us his thoughts. Yeah. But, like, I just, I just thought it was odd. And that is odd. Hmm. And obviously I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he's worked something out since then. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of dissonance going on right now. I don't know that everyone involved's on the same page here, and I'm... Pre-order a fucking debt anyway. <laughs> just bizarre. Sometimes it's better not to think about I trust Toby Fox. That That's as much thought as I need to put into it. That's pretty much where I'm at. I've, I have no reason not to trust him with this right now, so I'm going I'm yeah. to be positive about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to assume that it's in hand and that everything is grand <laughs> and that we're all dancing on the sand. Yeah, and the game that won't be bland. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's quite enough rhymes. Mm-hmm. Fuck! <laughs> what we do? What's what? Right, there was another thing on the docket, wasn't there? Oh, sorry. Yes, there was. Phoned, uh, I'm gonna have to. Oh no! Just, <laughs> oh no! Just, just a moment. Space. Okay, oh, so okay. step three. Uh, what I'm thinking here. Yeah. Is, Josh, are you right with this time me taking over Josh's deep thoughts? Because I have a very short and very silly thing to do. Oh, okay. Elodie's right. deep thoughts today. Elodie's fine? deep thought. I I would be grateful for something. What? I don't know what I was trying to say. That just do it. Clearly, I'm in no fit state. Just do. I'll talk. I'll talk about Big Ben yeah. some other time. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is Elodie's deep thoughts. Elodie's deep thoughts. Elodie's deep thoughts. Elodie's deep thoughts. Oh, Drink from oh. the fountain of knowledge. Martin, he gave me tingles. <laughs> That's uh, sweet ASMR content. Okay, so yeah. I was in I was in work the other day and I was very oh, yeah. tired and I was subsuming on energy drinks. Yeah. To stay alive. Um and now now I'm sort of hooked on them, which is bad. I've got a yeah. monster next to me at the moment. It's not good, but That's yeah. gonna become a shame. Yeah. Uh well what happened was uh, I was it was very busy and I was on my own for a few minutes and my brain made a joke. Oh yeah. And I thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever at the time. And I wanted to share it with you. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Did you hear about that guy called Patrick who changed his name and fled the country? Oh. No. Tell me more. Now he's an expat. <laughs> I'm more amused by the concept of the setup there, really. Ah, oh, the the funniest part for me was that it took me a second to remember that you said he changed his name too. Yeah. So it's like at first I thought that doesn't make sense. Oh. Yeah, he changed his name and fled the country, so he's an expat and an expat, which is what the joke is. 
It's and the fun that, comedy joke. That fell into my head fully formed when I was very tired, hopped up on energy drinks, very overworked. It was quite late. Yeah. I was on my own in the kitchen. And that just appeared in my head. And I thought I'd share it with you. <laughs> I've been waiting for a platform to put that one out there. It's such a gift to us and to our that's a, that's a beautiful devoted moment. audience. Yeah. I had a similar experience with a song I like to call Mystery Wizard. <laughs> but I don't I don't think I'm in any condition to be getting into that right now. Okay, well that's gonna be a mystery like Martin's username. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. No one's gonna know. I feel like that's gonna be the uh the doom wheel of stories. Like we're never gonna be satisfied with the ending, so I just don't have one. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's you're supposed to wonder what Mystery Wizard is forever. Yeah. Because I want those sweet microtransaction dollars, except not really, because there's an upper limit on how much money I can make from them. Yeah, there's literally only two things that you really need. Put it on your bubble. So yeah, that's your fun joke that you had. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's entirely it. Yeah, that's the joke. That's a good joke. I appreciated it. I did appreciate that. That's quite uh, I, I thought you needed the entire segment for it because, like, it had led you to some great revelation that you wanted to sort of impart to I us based on that punchline. That joke is a great revelation, and I've imparted it upon you. I mean, in as much as I now know it exists, it has been revelated. That's, that's a pretty substantial piece of information that I now have. Mm, exactly. You get it. Yeah, I get it. I, I understand the joke. And yeah. I didn't before, because it hadn't crossed my mind. Well, not only did I understand the joke, I laughed at the joke. So I feel like that's got to count for something. That is what you're supposed to do with jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's something Ricky Gervais has never quite understood. <laughs> Josh coming in here with the uh, top quality bands. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, uh... So that was my deep thought. <laughs> Fucking shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a problem right now. I'm just having a terrible time. Do you know what? Do you know what? We're what? having so many problems. I think <laughs> me and you, Josh, our indie game so, recommendation is Deltarune. Yeah. It so, was going to be, to be honest. Like, yeah. If we didn't talk about it as a topic, it was going to be my recommendation, yeah, which same. feels weird, because surely people don't need me to rec- recommend <laughs> Deltarune to them at this point. No. But, you know, we but, hadn't played it yet. Well, that's just it. I mean, there's always somebody out there who hasn't played it yet. I think it's at least worth mentioning. Yeah, it's usually you. <laughs> usually me, yeah. Usually it's a game I've heard about and I'm excited about, but I haven't played. Yeah. I still haven't got back to Soma. I, I need to work up the courage at some point to give that yeah. another chance, because like, that was really a, a shame. You've got so much to do. I've got so much to do that I can't... Indie game. I tried to do another one. I couldn't think of anything. I tried to do another play on words, but like, I could. I, like, I'm literally so not far at all into Soma. I didn't have anything else. Underwater, fuck robot. Maybe it's gonna be a wet time. Yeah, that'll do. I enjoy wet times. I oh, for fuck God. Robot. Robot. Bane droid. Bane droid. 
I've pushed him out again. He's gone. Good. It's Push him way. out the window. Uh, <laughs> so Martin, did you wanna did you wanna round us out with a recommendation since we've kind of already done us? Yeah. So this is one most people have already have heard of, but I recently got into and I played a lot, and it's very good. And it is Hollow Knight. Ah, I like Hollow Knight very much, and it's yeah. very, very good. I recommended uh, it a few times ago, and straight after that, I reached a point where I've just not played any further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a point where I I had a gap between playing, and everything I've got left to do is very difficult, or endgame. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's, it's one of those games where I feel like I'm going to hit that wall eventually. It's one of those things, and we were talking a, bit, a, a while ago about how some games just kind of lull you into a trance state where you really stop thinking about what you're doing and just do it and i feel like this has that effect on me because mm. the actual gameplay is fairly simple it's mostly directional and two button things for the most part jump and attack and that's 90 percent of what you do in the game and yeah but it's like the art is beautiful the music is great the plot's all nice and mysterious but it's got a good sense of humor about it and yeah you all know about it already so like that's basically just seconding yeah. what you already think about it is definitely worth checking out um yeah. it's got a really fun way of kind of revealing its world which i like a lot yeah. and it, it people a lot of people compared it to dark souls and it's not quite right it's um... uh, i i think that dark souls is an apt comparison when it comes to the world I think so, although I, I, yeah, I think there's definitely like a comparison to be made. I'm not saying like there's not some similarities. I, I, I think in terms of the things that really matter to me from both of those games, um, it feels quite different. It has a different kind of play experience, I guess. It's not really, I don't really know if there's a word for this, but a kind of emotional experience with the game. And mm. Dark Souls makes me feel a very specific way that other games usually don't. And I get that same distinctiveness from uh, Hollow Knight, but I not the same feeling, if you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so, yeah, anyway. Go play it. It's great. <laughs> go play the game. I should probably try and finish it, but I don't... I, the problem is that I don't want to do the end game without beating the DLC boss, but I can't beat the DLC boss because he's too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> can't do him. Can't fight the friend. I was playing another game I had this problem with, and I can't remember what it was now. I think it might have been Dark Souls 3, actually. <laughs> yeah. When I was getting really close to the end game, and I didn't want to do it until I completed the DLC, but the DLC in Dark Souls 3 is nails hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dark Souls 3, uh, after Dark Souls 2's amazing DLC, I think Dark Souls 3 kind of dropped the ball a bit. There's some stuff I really like about it, but there's some other stuff that just feels like... Mm-hmm. I like the ring. I thought the ring city was a really good send off for the series. I thought that was a fantastic way to round round it out. It felt I, like I think the uh, the heap at the beginning was really good. I the the emotion I felt when I saw Earthen Peak of all things. Yeah, but just realizing I was walking on the the sideways remains of an area of Dark Souls 2, which, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dark Souls 3, it's worlds worlds from the past being drawn together in a nexus at the end of time. Yeah. Dark Souls 2 was not represented in it nearly enough, I thought, because mm -hmm. Dark Souls 2 is one of my all-time favourite games. It's by far my favourite Souls game. And just 
finally getting a bit of Dark Souls 2 there. And I yeah. know it's not much, but it it meant something to me. It is important. I think it was, yeah, I, I kind of had a similar experience with that. And uh, to be honest, the ending of the DLC with, uh, with the, the, the fight with Sleeve Night Gale, um, I think it's well past the uh, spoiler expiry date at this point. Yeah. Uh, the fight with Sleeve Night Gale just felt, because I had played through all all of these games like at length, and I I, I liked them all often for very different reasons. And that I knew that this was kind of the culmination of a lot of things, and that felt really special to me to play that. And I felt that there was a lot of kind of ambition in the way the fight was constructed and the design of it all, and the lead up to that where the whole thing ends in a kind of big dark ash pit just felt very appropriate for me. I think. Uh... My only gripes with it are A, Gale wasn't a fleshed out enough character who we cared about enough for it to be that. I don't know if that was my experience, but yeah, okay. I, 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 I can see why you would you would come to that. Um, and the other thing is that its difficulty kind of killed it for me a little bit because mm-hmm. I played I played through Dark Souls three three times with the same character. I was on New Game Plus 3 when that DLC came out. Oh, I made it yeah. through everything else fine, but Gale is close to impossible. So to actually beat the DLC, I had to make a whole new character, run through the game, and at that point I knew the bosses well enough that I got through the whole game in less than 15 hours. But that that kind of brought it down for me, just that I... To be able to experience it, I had to start a whole new game and just go through everything again because the difficulty barrier on a new game plus is too high on that yeah. boss. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I am lucky in the sense that I'm really slow at these games. I'm I'm never. I have a, like a hard limit on how good I can get at Dark Souls games, which is why I never play PvP. Um, well, not never, but very rarely. Um, because I just can't keep up with the the skill floor, and uh, the ultimate, ultimate the way I play them is with perseverance. I just keep bashing and bashing until I get it, and that works for me. But the the upshot of that is that when the DLC came out, I was I hadn't finished the game yet, so I was able to go into it with a, a standard character, just a standard new game character, and that made it possible. Although it was still, as I said, nails hard, still incredibly difficult. Um, and I still haven't beat Slave Night Gale yet, which is what I was talking about before, how I've got to a point where I have to do either the end game or and the, like, the last two optional bosses, which were Slave Night Gale and the uh, the Nameless King, and they're both too difficult for me. <laughs> and I, I, I've hit a point where I just can't go any further. And uh, and I refuse to finish it with it. I haven't done those first because I've come this far. I'm not going to leave it behind. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about um, Nightmare Grim in Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. can't. I just can't do him at the moment. It's just, and so I've just kind of stalled out on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is so an Hollow Knight. Effect. Hollow, <laughs> I Hollow do Knight recommend indeed. people play it. Yeah, I do recommend people it's play excellent. It. Yeah, it's a even good if you never finish game. it, it's still an excellent game worth yeah. playing. It's worth playing just to unveil that world, and as I said before, it's Bugs Life, but with spooksiness. Spooky friends. <laughs> I love it. The, I, I love its sense of humor. I, I think it was such a such a nice kind of feeling to have a game which had this really nicely developed aesthetic, but also didn't take itself too seriously. It was a kind of a nice tonal change from a lot of other indie games I've played lately, and that, I, I really appreciated that. So, so uh, since since you did a bunch of talking about Dark Souls just now, could I be very cheeky and mention a non-indie game that I've been playing that's quite important to me right now? 
True. Josh, do you remember how last time, or maybe the time before, I don't remember, we talked about Nero Tomata for Indeed. An hour we're, we're not above this at all. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't understand. Like, the barriers of reality are broken down right now. I don't know what the rules are anymore. Yeah. I think our, our special special new spin off podcast has done that to us that people yeah. won't know about for a few days. The wheels no have come off and we're just careening down a hill, and who knows where You'll we're understand. Stop. You'll understand one day when you're older. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, so I, I've actually been playing Soul Calibur Six. Huh, Ooh. okay. Now, first of all, like, this is not necessarily a recommendation. Play it at your own discretion, because, you know, it's a fighting game, and those are really cynically made and leveraged nowadays, which is... God, it's such a fuck... Because I used to get really excited about fighting games. I think I've already mentioned this on the podcast, and now it, now it just always feels like a trap. But, yeah, Soul Calibur VI, surprisingly good writing in uh, the story mode for something that is there to be cynical, you know, esports, give us your money, ostensibly. And the reason I bring it up because is because... Are you familiar with Voldo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you're familiar with Soul Calibur, you've probably at least... You probably know what Voldo looks like. Uh, my my entire familiarity with Soul Calibur is that Yoda was on the box on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, Voldo is a good boy. He is he's like he's dressed as a a gimp, kind of finishing BDSM like gimp. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's real. He's all BDSM'd up, and the idea, I guess, is that he has been. Like literally reduced to an object, pretty much. It's all and, very like, weird. It, yeah, it, he's a he's a weird guy who does a f- bunch of fun tumbles, <laughs> backflips everywhere, and explodes. Cause fuck it. And his story in Soul Calibur Six is real gay, <laughs> is, and is, I fucking is, love it. Is this another case? Uh, on the biscuit paradigm of unexpectedly pathos-ridden weird stories. On that subject, actually, Astaroth has this great moment of it. Like, he's a big golem boy with an axe. He has this great moment of pathos at the end of his story where he realises that he's like he's been made with the specific purpose of like getting Soul Edge for a boy, the MacGuffin sword for a boy. And then he's just sort of like, yeah, and then when I've done that, I'll... And then he just suddenly realises that he will have no fucking purpose to his existence once this one task has been completed. And it just stops him dead. And it's just such a weirdly beautiful character moment that is... Like, how did this get in here? How did this get in Namco's fucking... Oh, buy Tira separately. Is Yoda still in it, or is he gone now? No, Geralt of Rivia's in it. Oh, and Geralt actually, Two uh, B is a DLC character. Ah, okay, Two B. Who fucking knows? Two B, Geralt of Rivia. So that's our indie game connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's a very defined indie game connection there. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, Fuck it. Um, I know that they had a Spartan from Halo before in mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have Fine. Dante in it at one point too? 
featuring Dante that from have... the Devil May Cry series. Yeah. That might have been a different game. They've had Link, they've had Heihachi, they've had Spawn of all fucking things. What? Mel Borgia. Yeah. Spawn? <laughs> yeah, Spawn, he was in the Xbox version of Soul Calibur 2. Really reaching for licenses on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's weird to me. Like, it doesn't bother me because it's been a thing since the second game and all that. But, like, why are you selling Tira as a separate character when Geralt of fucking Rivia's in it? <laughs> like, I could understand if you were charging extra for the characters you've had to license from elsewhere. Yeah, it's like... Like, with... that stuff I get. It's like with Blue, where yeah, some mm. of the Persona and Ruby characters you get but yeah. others you don't, and you don't get all of the actual Blasblue characters, and... Uh... It's just done arbitrarily because people want your money. I dropped off Blasblue after the second game because I could not keep up with all the nonsense of adding an inc- wildly expanding roster of characters, most of whom you had to buy separately. It became very yeah. frustrating, so I kind of dropped off the series, even though the first Blasblue was probably the first fighting game I ever properly got into. I like Blasbly. I like Blasbly. I got really games, into the so. second one for a while. Yeah. The second one was pretty Broke my good. heart when I heard the bullshit surrounding the, uh, the the one you were just talking about. I don't know if it's the most recent one. I, I think it is still. I think there's four now, aren't there? Four games out now? Yeah. Four complete ones anyway. Have various, like, there's a number of them. Yeah. Having Ruby characters in it was unexpected, though, because, like... Yeah, that was a move. Yeah, yeah that was a weird move. And kind of... Kind of a super indie pull since that's just a, that's a web series. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we better wrap up because I have. To... It's getting <laughs> yeah, late. Like, <laughs> fucking hell! It's... This has been oh. an, this has been an episode, hasn't it? It's been um, quite an experience. Like yeah. whatever whatever your experience of hearing it is, listeners, just imagine what it was like to be there live recording. Yeah, it. <laughs> and just just consider that this wasn't this wasn't fucking half of it. This wasn't fucking half of it. This is getting edited down to shit, and some of oh, it's going to go up later. The, 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 it's going to go later, but like you have not begun to understand the meaning of pain, child. <laughs> it will be here, and you will love it. But also remember, we had three items in our docket today, and we had to skip one of them. Skip one of them. We had to skip one of them because the squigs were too brilliantly named. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Josh. Where can we find yeah. you? Uh, you can find me in the corner fucking crying at this point. But when <laughs> I've done that, you can also go on Twitter. At no crows here. Because I'm not affiliated with crows, and that at least can remain constant. Have you ever met uh, Crobius the Crow Lord? Never met him. I don't know who he is. I've literally never heard the name until just now when you said it, obviously. And even then I didn't hear that. Who? You can find me on YouTube, <laughs> uh, The Abominable Showman, where I've started playing ba, ba, da, ba, Rayman Revolution, which I point out especially because that game pretty much determined what my dreams look like. Huh. That's, Had a, that's was interesting. A, was a real formative influence on the sort of aesthetics that I like. It's sort of like, sort of faintly, I don't know, sort of kind of bleak and a bit spooky, but it's like, not too much, like it's kind of safe, so it's just sort of mysterious. You're just you sort know, of like, oh, I really need to dreams. go back and just binge through all of your stuff 
But my I'd issue, appreciate it if someone would. My issue is that I find it really hard to watch or listen to anything done by people I know. Like, yeah. I find it now really hard to listen to anything with Conrad Zimmerman in. Because <laughs> we do, of course. Because <laughs> uh, what happens is that my brain starts thinking that I should reply. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be hard for you to resist, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Boston's favorite son is alright because Conrad's mostly just a uh, an occasional get in a quip. He, he, he's side. like the backup sniper of that arrangement. Yeah. It's like if he sees him try to run, yeah. just, take just him go out. for the Stop. leg. Take him out from the knees so we can't escape. But I can't listen to Movie Boys anymore because that one is just heavily Conrad explaining things. Oh, that that'd be a shame if I could no longer listen to the Movie Boys because that's like. Uh, That's what, yeah, I, I love it, but time. I find it really difficult now because I spend so much time talking to Conrad. You just that... can't get out of the rapport mode you've got. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I haven't properly binged through all of your stuff, Josh. As much yeah. as I love it and I love you, I just find <laughs> it so difficult. <laughs> it, it's a real weird time. So, yeah, you you should all go and do all of those things. Go do all of the things that Elodie can't. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's too uncanny. You do, have the power. Do it for Elodie. She can live Elodie vicariously can. through you. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, the usual place, at, at Fry Freiburger. That's F-R-I-E-F-R-I-E-B-U-R-G-E-R. Uh, I also run the Podhaven account for this very podcast. That's at Podhaven. Um, and I guess you'll probably find me on this podcast. And probably on our exciting new podcast called Things Talk Pod. Follow them. It's no, going to be. Don't explain things... what's going on yet. Things what talk does... wow. Things talk go... wow. Sorry. Go things talk things... wow. Go follow things talk wow. At things talk wow. All one word. At things talk wow. And it's going to be Twitter. so exciting. So keep an eye You've on said that. Things talk wow so many times in the last <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely really excited at the idea of that being a thing. I just wasn't ready for it. Well, we've got all the raw content, so it's, it's up to the editing wizards yeah. to make it work. Uh, yeah, Josh, have your wicked way with all of this. No, <laughs> oh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I'll do something we'll all regret. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of things we'll all regret, do you want to round us out with something? Because... I'm feeling like the energy here is going in that direction, Josh. Yeah, are you not going to promote yourself? Or oh, did yeah. you? Or oh, did yeah. your thing, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so certain you wouldn't have forgotten that I started worrying, holy shit, have I just ignored Elodie's self-promotion bit? Uh, Cammy Words on Twitter, CHMY Words, uh, YouTube, Elodie Cunningham, I've been doing more of my Pokemon Emerald, Nuzlocke, Let's Play. Um, so that that's fun. We've got uh, Love Pert, the Swampert. He's there now. Had an extended <laughs> rant about Borkino Pico in the last one. Um, so go and enjoy that. Uh, you can also listen to other podcasts on Podhaven, uh, Podhaven on SoundCloud, Podhaven on Twitter, all that. Uh, and you can listen to me on Off Horse with Conrad Zimmerman and Jake Spencer. Uh, who I did not call Josh Jake once on this recording, so I feel no, very not proud this of episode. No. It's yeah. progress. We're very proud of you. Yeah. Um, so you should go and listen to that. We had a really fun time on the last one because we got Will Hughes from Duckfeed on Duckfeed and the AV Club, mm. and it was very fun having a guest on. And 
Yes. So go listen to that. And yes, Josh, do you actually want to round us out now? Eat your figs. Thanks. I don't want to explain why yet. Just do it quickly. There's no time. Good advice. Good advice. It's very important. Hurry. for listening to Podhaven. Hour and uh, 26 minutes. We've not gotten to deep thoughts yet. Oh no. Should we do that next and then do the third thing on the docket? Let's, let's just power through and do it. Just, just stick with the pram. Stick with, stick with the pram? Stick with the pram. We can't divert course now. Okay, so we'll do item three, then deep thoughts, and then... I need some semblance of structure right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah. That was a little chaotic. I, I, I just... it's, it's, real, hmm. it's real chaotic. We're, we're all... We're the good chaos boy. Jumping yeah. around. We can do anything. I believe we can. We can do anything if we put our hearts to it. And we have yeah. really put our hearts into this one. Yeah. I've, we've, we've ripped it out and put it in there so it can't be used against us like Davy Jones in that Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movie. Uh, that was a look. That was a good look. Gotta be honest, I'm considering it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just wonder if maybe being an octopus is that great of a price to have to pay. Well, yeah, I wonder if it actually might be a benefit in some ways. I mean, you've got no bones. Imagine the possibilities. Yeah, you get all squiggles. Yeah, and you can make your limbs go any direction you want. How useful would that be? You can hide in a coconut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can, if you're a mimic octopus, you could even, like, change your colours at will. You can do that. Mm-hmm, you I can. Think iguanas think they've got a fucking monopoly on that. I'll show you. No, I'm an octopus no. now. Imagine being that, right? Like, having iguana powers, but also being mostly brain. The thing, the possibilities are endless. The possibility, it's like recycling. Exactly. Except instead of reusing plastic, you become an octopus. Yeah, it's exactly like recycling, except for that. Which I think would make recycling a lot more popular. It would certainly make it more fun. I mean, I would recycle more, for sure. But if I got to be an octopus for a minute. I just got to just flop around, like, I don't know, tossing some glass in the... the Yeah, just tossing some glass in in the the appropriate bin. Throwing glass balls at people on the street, (laughs) flopping about, (laughs) obstructing traffic. Okay, so the three R's of recycling are reduce, reuse, and recycle, right? So you're reusing them as projectile weapons. That counts. Yeah, that definitely counts. You are reducing your enemies to ash beneath your feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're recycling their remains as food for the others. There what? we go. Yeah. <laughs> Soylent Green is recycling. Yeah, exactly. It, it, if anything, it's a huge ethical requirement. We all have yeah. to commit to this. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> I'm in that mood where I'm just going along with whatever's happening right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that that's that's my life. People, you know, people think I'm the one coming up with these statements. I'm really not.
I'm more of an unwilling conduit for for problems. <laughs> Some sort of weird divine influence. <laughs> yeah. Something that should not be. I do this fun thing sometimes because you know occasionally I can experience you know those those wonderful fucking mild hallucinations due to my schizophrenia. Yeah. Sometimes I just play this little game with myself where I just close my eyes and then try and describe everything I'm seeing. Ooh. And it's 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 eventful. Hmm. Imagine... Not so great when I'm trying to sleep. No, I can't and imagine it it's a bit anyway. distracting you know, when you're trying to sleep. The problem with psychotic disorders is they don't know when enough's enough. Hmm. Yeah, though well, that's kind of what defines them, isn't it? Yeah. There's that you know, like if you don't a have ref- them, a refusal to pack it in, you have to stop now. Okay, you just have to. No, okay, I guess we're just we're just writing this out till it's done. It's all just problems forever now in this wonderful time that we're having with uh, Friedrich. Friedrich. Friedrich Bleigheitner. Oh yeah, yeah. Old Friedrich Bleigheitner. Old Friedrich Bleigheitner, the well-established character that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the really the uh, the family classic, the if anything the iconic character. Yeah, they're the, they're the mascot flagship. I just chaos, kind of combined chaos. two w- words there that meant vaguely <laughs> the same thing. Chaos, indeed. Yeah, some I I can't I can't really talk about what happened, but like, it's a continuation of whatever this evening is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just the universe saying fuck you. Yeah, deal with this now. The only thing we can do at this point is just hold on and wait for it to end. So this yeah. has been the Piss Break Chronicles Two Electric Booger Piss. <laughs> That, that's going after the credits, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we have a game plan.